Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I think a lot of it seems to focus on DNA evidence that was taken at the time or in parts of a cold case review. We heard that and was subsequently, I think, sent to a, a lab in the UK. At the time, the technology didn't exist to extract DNA profiles, uh, or at least it wasn't as sophisticated. It certainly wasn't at then, and it'll be part of the prosecution's case that once this was sent to the UK, a sample was extracted, and that was matched to the accused. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. 74-year-old Noel Long went on trial this week at the Central Criminal Court accused of the murder of Nora Sheehan in 1981. The then 54-year-old was found deceased at Shippel Woods in County Cork six days after she vanished. As the trial gets underway, Nicola Talent is joined by myself and Noel Donald to discuss the case. I'm Claude Amini and this is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. We're all in black. Rolling black, like a yeah. band, like literally, <laughs> like a, like a really, Did we a, like a bad indie band. Who's we should have a WhatsApp group, and you know, every time we're on the same time the night before, I'll just hit blue. Yeah, we are. We're like one of these eighties revival bands that have drafted in a younger member after the <laughs> our singer died in some tragic circumstances, like Queen. Or something. <laughs> right. Anyway, Clodo, welcome. Um, so the reason we are talking today is because an extremely interesting cold case murder trial has opened in the Central Criminal Court. A man called Noel Long in his 70s from Cork is facing trial for the murder of Nora Sheehan. A long forgotten case. A long forgotten case. This happened 42 years ago. Um, you know, this woman was 54 at the time that she died. Uh, she went missing for a number of days and her body was found in basically undergrowth at the side of a river, at the side of a road in mm. County Cork. Right. So 42 years ago, 1981. One. Thank you. <laughs> I got the 80 bit, which was good. Um, and uh, 
This case is, it's before the courts as a result of a cold case investigation which was uh, conducted by the Serious Crime Review Team. Now, we have to stick to what we've heard because this is a case that's before a jury. It's not like the Special Criminal Court where Mm -hmm. we're freer to talk. So we're going to be very careful and we're just going to go through the opening statement which will which laid out the state's case and then we'll talk to you about what you witnessed today in court and and you heard so what has been the opening case by the state well i think a lot of it seems to focus on on dna evidence um that was that was uh taken in at the time obviously but um formed parts of a cold case review, we heard that, and was subsequently, I think, sent to a, a lab in the UK. Um, that um, So obviously there were samples taken at the time. The technology didn't exist to extract DNA profiles, uh, or at least it wasn't as sophisticated. Mm. It certainly wasn't at then. Um, mm. Obviously the, the, the cold case unit was referred to in court as the cold case unit, even though they... That's their kind of nickname. It's the kind of their nickname. Yeah. But even even uh, the, the prosecuting barrister acknowledged that that's what they're known as. And um, obviously the, there were samples taken at the time. And it'll be part of the prosecution's case that uh, once this was sent to the UK, a sample was extracted um, and that was matched to the accused, according to the prosecution. Mm. And it was said in the opening statement that there was uh, a one to uh, 20,000 chance that this was not Noel Young, or sorry, Noel Long. Long. Uh, Obviously, Mr. Long has pled not guilty Mm -hmm. and will put forward another case. Um, And so that's going to, I think, be the centre of the case. There was some other evidence given from the prosecution about how there was other samples taken from a car he was driving Mm -hmm. um, and he was stopped in the days after the case and some samples were taken from his car, including stuff like carpet fibres. They're going to make a case that this matches other um, samples taken from uh, the body of the victim. So this is very much different to recent court cases we have been and a, a lot of gangland stuff would be around circumstantial evidence as we talk about where the various threads are brought together to form the case. But this is really going to be sort of focused on the advances in science since Nora Sheehan's death. Absolutely, yeah. So like a lot of the the stuff I mean that we're seeing now in this case, in terms of the evidence, I don't think back then, especially, you wouldn't have had the kind of the technology to be able to extract those fibers and to be mm-hmm. able to extract those certain things and match them to a certain degree, especially to such a high degree that you can now. I mean, the things that they can do with mm-hmm. forensic technology, you know, now and even in 10 years is going to be so different. Um, but also, given the age of the case and the way that they're able to solve it, it gives such great hope for all those years of of cases and all those deceased women and and missing women even that have yet to mm. see a court inside of a courtroom that there is hope that that can happen. Yeah, I mean, the serious crime review team, which is the proper name for the cold case unit, was set up around the mid two thousands from memory, around two thousand and six. And I remember at the time there had there was a, more than two hundred unsolved murder cases in Ireland that had dated back to, you know, maybe they took, I think they actually cut it off at some point. There was maybe, it was maybe going back 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. years at the time. And what they did was they looked at all these cases and they kind of rated them in in how 
you know, what chances there was of solving them. And a lot of them where there were some forensic, uh, you know, there had been some some samples taken, they would have been high on the agenda because of the advances in science at that point and because of what they had hoped were going to be the further advances. So um, there's been a few cases that they've had before the courts over the past, say, 10 years, not that many. They mm. are sporadic. I mean, the, the, the reinvestigating a crime that happened so long ago is a huge job and they're a small team and getting them, getting it to a place where the DPP will, um, you know, order those charges to be brought is, is an achievement in itself. So we'll see going forward where this, how this case does. It's going to be probably about a four week case. Absolutely. You're yeah. going to drop in and out of it. What does the accused look like? Um, he has like a smallish guy, bald. It actually struck me that he was in his 70s. He doesn't look like he's in his 70s. Um, he looks younger. He does look younger. And I think it's because he has no hair that he looks a lot younger. Um, you know, he's got a small kind of goatee beard. He was sat in in the court kind of, he was wearing a blue anorak um kind of hands in his pockets, very kind of relaxed almost, but, you know, intently still watching. And and, and who's there in the court? Do you know? I mean, obviously, you, you've only just dipped into it. You don't know who the characters are, but is there a lot of members of the public coming in to hear it or is it is it is it quite intensely just investigators? It seems to be a lot of investigators and from the members of the public that were there I would assume were family of both the victim and I would take a guess that maybe the perpetrator as well or the accused because of the way you know the, the court is split obviously on one side you've got your prosecutor and you've got the jury and then the other side you've got your defense and you've got the accused and just kind of kind of like at a wedding yeah. you've got one family one side and the other yeah. the other it was sort of like that so I would guess that at the moment it is just close people close to the I story mean, they described as well I think didn't they um, some of the the obviously the the passage of time is 42 years as you said I mean I don't think they had a, a, a direct cause of death um, because she was found the, the victim was found in the aftermath of a good number of time and there was never a, an actual clear uh, cause of death established, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, the evidence that they have um, is semen evidence. Um, and but when it comes to then the rest of the, when her actual body, I mean, we heard evidence today of the fact that there was kind of um, wildlife activity on on the body. Um, so it obviously had been there for a number of days. And um, they do say that she died between, I think, between the... 6th and the 12th so somewhere yeah she went missing on the 6th and, and she was found on the 12th so somewhere in those previous six days she what passed away that? so it was in June right. so obviously the weather would have been a bit warmer they did say it was quite wet and raining so obviously you've got that as well washing away any potential DNA that was on the body Um, I guess as well the fact that she was found the manner in which her body was found was very it was posed in such a sexual nature you know she had no shoes on mm. um the, her tights were around one ankle uh, her dress was pulled up over her head um there was a shoe and her coat was kind of down further the other side of the body you know headed towards the river so it was kind of a road then briars and shrubbery and then there was kind of a slope down into a river is kind of what they um described it as mm. so it seemed like you know her body was kind of left lying there and then you could see you know for whatever reason that the, the clothing was the garments were, were kind of trailing down the other side but yeah like just given how long that that she was there and you know they did say that um because of kind of that wildlife activity and stuff like that on the body 
one guardie had said one of the technical um guards did say that you know there was there was wounds on her body uh, i think that we had mentioned that the night before she went missing she had been in with the doctor in the hospital because she had a bite uh, from a dog in her arm and they did mention that kind of bandage so obviously you know that wasn't part of how she died she they did say she had a cut on her neck and another cut in her arm but again they still couldn't determine exactly how she had she had passed away so the prosecutors are continuing to to lay out their opening statement obviously they they are prosecuting the case so they're making a case that that um, uh, no long is guilty we didn't mm. yet hear from anything from the defense that's going to be brought no not yet i mean uh, you know obviously when the the prosecution asks questions of the witness. The, the defense also gets a chance to ask, and there was no kind of questions mm-hmm. asked um, there because it was very much straightforward. It was, "What's your name, guard?" The what reading date? in the crime yeah, scene. Exactly, and what, what age yeah. are these gar- guards? I mean, They're retired, I presume now. At yeah, this stage. I think the oldest one that was there was eighty six. Wow. Sorry, eighty three, and the rest of them were kind of in their seventies. So they are kind of that bit older. And did they read out their original statements to them and then ask some questions around no, it? Oh, actually this is interesting. So there was one of the guardy was was kind of because it happened so long ago, he wanted to read from a statement and, and the defense said, no, you can't read from the statement. You can have a look at it and you can kind of refresh your memory, but kept objecting to the fact that he was reading verbatim from the statement. So they, they did get a chance to kind of go back and just go over names and stuff like that. Because again, they, you know, these statements were taken 42 years ago at this yeah. point. And, you know, as you might think, you go in to refresh your memory, but there's so many names you have to list out. You know, there was 10 guards at the scene at one time and it was at this time. I can't remember this, what happened 42 minutes ago. Uh, yeah, exactly. 42 so, years yeah, ago. so they, they did have to kind of go it's in and incredible. have to read through their statements. The um, In his opening, Brendan Grahan, senior counsel, um, who's prosecuting, said that, I'm going to just read this to get it accurate, that said that Miss Sheehan lived in, Bally Filan in Cork City with her husband James, who was somewhat older than her and who died in 1985. The couple had three sons, James Jr., Jeremiah and Hugh, all of whom are still alive and two of whom were present in the court the day of the opening, which was uh, Wednesday, was it? Wednesday, Wednesday. yeah. Um, And the barrister said one of those two sons of of her sons will, will be giving evidence in the case. She had previously worked in a hospital, had suffered some sort of a fall there and some sort of ill health, whether arising from that or otherwise. He said the jury would hear from various witnesses that knew or had seen Miss Sheen around the time of her death. And she had developed some eccentricities, they call it. She had been described previously as vulnerable um, and has had some obsessions about a nearby hospital. So something happened to her in the course of her work. She fell and obviously there was a a slight change in her personality that maybe is significant to this case in that this happened in around the time Mm -hmm. of her her death. And... um, Brendan Grahan said that as a result of that, she was often seen out on the roads near her home and on public streets attempting to wave down cars and talking to people about the goings on at the hospital where she was concerned about. And he said she would be described in modern parlance as a vulnerable person. Now, this is going to be key in the the case as well. So presumably there'll be more evidence heard around that and around this fall and this slight change in her in her personality as yeah, we go on. And I mean it says, you know, that because uh, the night before she went missing, the night that she did go missing rather, she had been at the hospital for that shot. Uh sorry, yeah. she had a tetanus shot because she had been bitten by the dog and she was bandaged up. And after that happened, she was once again seen kind of out waving cars and, right. and again, you know, uh behaving oddly as they as they say. So 
that witness will be there will be witnesses that are you know saying that she was between midnight until and until as late as 4 a.m um she was seen mm-hmm. so for you know between four hours after she left the hospital and did it give any indication of how long the, the trial is expected to last yeah it's expected to last for about four weeks yeah yeah well we'll we'll um we'll dip in again next week and um we'll we'll talk to Alison O'Reardon of course who's going to be covering the the case for us and for other media outlets and uh, I think this is really going to be an interesting trial going forward it's not often that we have these cold case trials before the courts and um they, yeah they will pose unique challenges and, and yeah. it will be definitely in one to watch right okay thanks Loda You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.